So there's finally an awareness that nature might actually be healing and beneficial to us. So what does that mean? How do we incorporate these things? How do they actually help the body heal? That's what we're going to be doing today is breaking down all of the things. So light, breath, water, movement, sunshine, earthing, grounding, and all everything in between. How does it help us and how do we start incorporating those today to start healing? So hang tight. We'll be right back. So it's really important to, when we're trying to get our body to a place of healing, to understand that most of that is given to us from nature. And we're going to talk a lot about energy exchange, the communication amongst ourselves and in our body, and how that affects and impacts things like our mitochondria, all of these other terms that we hear thrown out there all the time. Um, and it's just important to make sure this is at the foundation of your health because it is something for one that is free. Uh, it's something that we can really get in tune with every single day. And it's important to know that the body knows how to heal. It's just that we are so disconnected and so stagnant from a lot of these healing modalities. Um, and why, you know, we're going to talk about how all of these are healing to the body, but why are these not in the headline news if they are so powerful along our healing journey? And, you know, the reason why is because you can't bottle them up and sell them. So how the body actually heals, the body is going to heal best when it is in connection with nature. We have this compensatory mechanism between us us and receiving energy and light and sound and vibration and all of these things from the earth. So how can we tap into that healing energy and how does it really help us? So we're going to be digging into all of those things. But the reality is, is most of us are very disconnected from nature and we're very stagnant. There's so many people who are just like, I feel just stuck. I feel stuck. I feel stagnant in my body and life, all of those things. Right. And so we are made to flow just like nature is right. Just like water, just like air, all of those things, they are made to flow and we are as well. And so when we get stuck, it's a sign that we need some support and we also need some connection. And why do these things come across as too simplistic? And it's because so many of us are so disconnected. We've normalized that so much in our society. And even just, you know, if you think about it, most of us aren't even breathing properly, right? We're chronically dehydrated. We're consistently like out of sync with our body's natural rhythms. Um, Just to think like most of our society is running on a male 24-hour hormonal rhythm when females have a 28 to 30-day hormonal rhythm. So you can see right there how that's not going to sync very well with what's expected of us with society and why are women burning out before a lot of men are even though it is hitting men as well, right? And that just goes to tell you the times. But I'm just saying we are disconnected from our wake sleep cycles, our hormonal cycles. Um, All of those things will impact how our body gets to that place of homeostasis. So if you are dealing with chronic issues and this is not something that you're incorporating daily, this is really what you need to start um, building your foundation off of. So you have to understand, um, and this is hard to explain sometimes because we have this misconception of energy, right? We think of energy healing and um, all the woo-woo things, which, you know, 
I'm not going to say yes or no about right now, but it is important to know that we are electrical and energetic beings and all of the process of life require a flow of energy. And we think about this and we learn about this in science with our electrons and protons and neutrons in the body, right? And we simplify this when we're talking about the mitochondria, and but it's important to understand the concept of energy, which is essentially all of the signaling in the body. And on the flip side, the things that affect our energy and our signaling and what's happening on a cellular level, like non-native EMF exposure, LED and blue lights, toxins, having too much of a positive charge, which we're going to talk about. We are essentially little batteries with complicated feelings, if you think about it. And so we really have to think about how, especially when you are in a state of chronic health issues or depletion or stagnation, how do we conserve that energy? How does the body get free up some potential um, as far as energy is concerned? And so that's why I'm kind of putting that out there, not on the side of energy healing per se, but on the side of what's actually happening, happening chemically in the body. And I'm going to go just a little deeper into that for just a second before we start breaking down all these other modalities, just because it's important to know that our cells interact with things like sound and light. And that is what can not just create energy, but also trap energy, communicate with other cells, right? And disperse that energy all over the body. So sound, light, and vibration, those are what structure our internal water. We're going to talk about water in a little bit to provide energy potential and communication networks all over the body. So it's just really important. We believe in frequency and energy when we're thinking about our Wi-Fi working or not, right? Or listening to the radio. Um, But we really discredit the idea of energy and how it affects our cells and our mitochondria, how our body is communicating on that level because we're very see it to believe it society. And it's important to know too that animals, um, just think about migratory animals. They, They actually are using photonic energy along with the magnetism of the earth to know and sense their path to actually migrate without like a map. And so they are seeing a different level, just like dogs hear another level of frequency than we are able to. So we have to know that there's a lot out there that we actually cannot perceive with our human senses um, that could also be impacting and affecting us, but also helping our body find that place of rhythm. So it is important to think a little abstractly when we're thinking on the level of frequency and how our cells are scattering and dispersing energy and communicating with each other, these energy exchanges that are happening not just internally, but with our environment and with nature. So that's the state of mind I want you to be in when you are listening to this, just thinking about how we all interplay and all connect with each other and all have this rhythm that we are supposed to be connecting with. So that's kind of going to set you up for success for this episode. So let's start to go and uncover how all of these modalities and healing tools in nature can help deepen your healing experience. Okay, let's bring it back just a little bit. So the way that we get to a healing state is that we get to a place of balance and homeostasis. And so we have to think about once we we talked about that energy potential and we have to learn how to maintain and balance that potential to get to a place of optimal health and keep it there. 
So we often talk about the mitochondria, which is that kitschy term, right? The powerhouse of the cell, essentially the bridge or conduit for healthy functions in the body. And we have over a hundred trillion mitochondrial enzymatic reactions just in the blink of an eye. So this is super important to understand on this very uh, baseline level, what is happening. So mitochondria requires a lot of cofactors for it to work properly. It's uh, oxygen is going to be at the very top of your list. Glucose is a close second. Not to say you need table sugar. Glucose from nature's carbohydrates are going to be monumental in making sure that mitochondria has energy. And then we go deeper into how is the cell actually able to utilize that glucose properly. That's a whole other thing. Um, B vitamins, minerals, amino acids, lipids, and essential fatty acids. Those are all cofactors for mitochondria. It's destroyed by things like stress, chronic stress, right? That's our society these days. Toxins, medications, lack of sunshine. We're going to talk about how that comes into play because sunshine truly is our little battery charger for these mitochondria. Um, Energy potential in exchange. So we need to have sun, oxygen, all of those infrared, all of that to make sure that our mitochondria is working properly. We need that connection with nature to keep that energy potential up because we have gotten very comfortable these days. Think about just our temperature in our homes and how we don't have these natural forms of stressors or hormesis day to day like we used to. And those are things that are going to boost our energy potential by making our mitochondria more resilient to stress. So just take cold plungings right now. It's one of those things that's very trendy. You know, we're finding that it's just boosting liver enzymes and mitochondria and dopamine and all these things. And this is something that primally we just did. That's just what we did every single day. That was just how you were going to bathe or whatever it was going to be. You were just jumping in cold water and we were naturally more resilient to stress then, right? And we were not constantly fed. There's so many things that we have devolved, right? We've gotten so comfortable, but cold plunging is one of these things that's trending right now because we are seeing some benefits in it. Um, and a lot of that is just because of how far gone and how far comfortable we have gotten and also how disconnected we have gotten from nature. So things that drain this precious energy from our mitochondria. So think about overfeeding too many meals in a day, right? Our bodies naturally should be in this fed slash famine state. And we're just constantly fed throughout the day. That definitely will decrease our mitochondrial potential, a lack of sunshine. We're going to talk more about sunshine and what infrared does for us. Um, A lack of connection to the earth and the earth's frequencies. We're going to talk more about that with the grounding. Um, But also, like we said, the temperature regulation, things like shoes. Shoes are stopping the conductivity between the earth's vibrations, the magnetism of the earth, and how that's supposed to actually benefit our body. And so when we introduce rubber soles, Lots of chronic conditions started around that time. So there are so many correlations with this invention came and all of a sudden a flood of chronic conditions came with it, right? So just kind of thinking these things in the back of your mind as we go through this conversation. Um, Non-native EMF. So think about smart homes, right? Or think about Teslas. Not to say, oh, you can't have a Tesla, 
Um, but just to say those things are going to affect our signaling, right? And so if you're not grounding, you're not connecting to the earth and you have a smart home or a Tesla or whatever that may be, that may be something that is down-regulating your mitochondria and your energy potential. So just something to keep in mind, right? They're all affecting our mitochondria, our body's natural rhythms, and creating systemic inflammation, And the thing that makes this like so hard to diagnose is because it affects everyone so differently. So when you think about chronic inflammation, that's kind of the basis for almost every dis-ease out there, right? Um, And what it boils down to is just our disconnect, right? From whatever we we are disconnected from, whether that is us from nature, us from our community, us from our body's rhythms, all of those things, they all create that state of inflammation. And so if we can get this foundationally, then everything else, every other healing protocol, all of those other things are going to work that much better because they're truly going to connect you and help your body tap into the healing frequencies of the earth and things like light and sound, all of those things that are going to help our cells interact and exchange uh, information that much better. So let's start this conversation a little deeper and go into what light actually does for us. And I'm just going to go through a list of benefits of what it does systemically in the body. And then we're going to go a little bit more in depth. So think about UV light. We need UV light rays to do things like make nitric oxide, which is a vasodilator. Um, It's going to degrade excess steroid hormones. So we talk about all of these cortisol issues, but we don't talk about, well, maybe that could be balanced out if we actually got sunlight every single day like we're supposed to. Pregnenolone metabolism, which is the mother of all of our steroid hormones. Um, Melatonin production, which is not just for sleep. Melatonin is actually a major antioxidant, which is going to help us with all those free radicals. Think about calcium absorption, um, which if you're thinking about like back in the day when rickets was a huge, huge um, epidemic, what they would do is they would create solariums for these children in these hospitals. And that was what healed them, the actually getting infrared light directly from the sun to increase their vitamin D. I mean, it's, it's extremely important to know our history and know that this is what we used to do. Um, so think about bone remineralization and, and things like that. That is going to be just a gift that we get just from getting UV rays during the day. So um, cell growth, muscle function, immune function, it, it has antimicrobial properties. And so we're so focused on SIBO or H. pylori or whatever it may be. Um, but if we're not connecting with the sun and we're not getting those healing benefits, you can see how we could just be on supplement after supplement and not really getting the full effect of what is happening. So, um, and then glucose metabolism. So we talk so much about blood sugar and things like that. But once again, if this is part of the disconnect, that also needs to be addressed. And then hoping we see why just taking vitamin D isn't enough, right? Because taking a vitamin D in supplement form isn't going to make all of these other processes happen, right? It's going to get your vitamin D levels ready on and in range on a blood test, but it's not going to have all these other benefits that actually getting infrared sunshine does for you. So let's talk about light. So our body communicates 
on a cellular level with light and vibration. That is what provides that energy potential and creates coherence of our cells in our body. So the sunlight, what we think of the sun is that it causes cancer, but that is sun damage is what causes cancer. So we need healthy levels of UV rays from the sun. We need the charge from the sun to structure our internal water, support the cell-to-cell communication, to synthesize neurotransmitters and hormones, and for that vitamin D synthesis. And cholesterol sulfates, they are made on the skin from the sunshine. One of the biggest missed opportunities we do is we go lay out for a little bit of time and then immediately shower afterwards. And it really is beneficial if you give your body time to let the sebum create and assimilate that vitamin D on the surface of your skin before you shower. Getting light on our skin even helps with our body's natural circadian rhythm, our natural sleep-wake cycles. So light enters our eyes too. So it's transmitted by the fascia in our eyes, delivering information and energy to all the systems in the body. So our eyes are photoreceptors to infrared light. So we're supporting the assimilation and conversion of hormones, neurotransmitters, energy potential, all of that. So you have to think about getting sunshine without sunglasses for at least 20 minutes a day to have that proper synthesis and assimilation of hormones and neurotransmitters. So we're going to be talking about a couple different types of light. There's so many different kinds, and that's why it's really beneficial if you can get sunlight at different points in the day. But the main ones right now, so red light, obviously sun is going to be best, right? Sometimes we need some support. When you're thinking about natural red light, you're going to be thinking about the sunrise and the sunset, which are two amazing points in the day, especially if you are experiencing some dysfunction with your sleep-wake cycles or your circadian rhythm. So that's when you're going to get that ATP production, that cell regeneration, and really just that connection with your body's circadian rhythm, which is going to impact things like cortisol, sex hormones, insulin, all of those things downstream. So don't think it's not connected to everything that's happening systemically here. And then let's think about far or infrared light. So this is UVB rays, and this is going to trigger a little bit of hormesis or that mild stress that's going to keep us that much stronger and more resilient, right? So we can get that throughout the day. And this is going to provide that infrared heat, which is going to structure our water. I'm going to talk more about structured water a little later, but just think about how water in its most bioavailable form. Um, This infrared UVB ray time of the day is also going to help with that vitamin D synthesis. Think about doing this like post-workout, renewal, recovery. That's going to be extremely helpful. And then even if you have to use some support for these type of rays, think about infrared as far as the sauna goes. And some people even have like infrared PEMF mats, things like that. Those also can be beneficial. Obviously not as great as the sun, but it is a support. So it is important to make sure that you're getting sunlight at different parts of the day to regulate different processes of the body. So you're essentially recharging your batteries, right? Sunrise, sunset, those are going to be the most powerful times for synthesis of serotonin and that conversion to melatonin. So supporting circadian rhythm, like we said, that vitamin D synthesis, that charging of our mitochondria, hormesis, middle of the day sun is going to be best for that. 
So think about things that are going to disrupt this process. And like I said, do not push and get to the point of sending, which is not what we want. You ease into that if this is new for you. So just a, a few minutes more each day, right? Until you get to that point where you are. And if you're not wearing sunglasses, then you are going to create enough melanin to make sure that your body doesn't actually burn in the sun. So it is a training process. But it's really hard to train your body if you're keeping your sunglasses on. So that's one thing that's going to inhibit these natural processes. Um, sunscreen that without getting that unfiltered sunshine, right? That's going to be another thing that's going to block that vitamin D synthesis that's going to happen on the, the sebum of your skin. Um, and think about blue light. Though, that immediately is going to start blocking your melatonin. It's going to immediately affect your circadian rhythm. So doing blue light blockers or turning on those blue light filters right after sunset is going to be super important. Being inside all day, obviously, we're not getting any of those UV rays, right? We're not getting any benefits. We're stuck inside, um, and we really are very closed off from the healing power of the sun. So that obviously is going to create a situation of just imbalance, right? We're going to be more likely to have sleep issues. We're going to be more inflamed. We're going to have blood sugar issues, all those things. And it's so much easier if we can just commit to maybe just even eating our meals outside, whatever that looks like, right? We're getting outside at some point every single day if this is new to you. Um, screen time. So we know, you know, we talk about that with the blue lights and um, the LED lights and how those can be disruptive to that. And think about not just to our eyes, but remember we're taking in that light and our eyes are just those photoreceptors. It's synthesizing that light, but that light is communicating within our body. So if we have light that has very erratic signaling like LED light and blue light, then that's going to cause systemic inflammation in our body. Not only that, but LED lights are pulsating, right? So they're causing this nervous system to be chronically activated, and that is going to translate into erratic signaling and incoherence with our cell-to-cell -cell communication within the body. So how can we start supporting? Obviously, we're going to start committing to being outside more frequently, right? So 20 minutes of sun, work your way up. No sunglasses. We don't want to affect that melanin synthesis. We want to use incandescent lighting, um, especially after sunset. Getting even fireside, right? That's going to help structure our internal water, just sitting by a fire. Um, different parts of the day, right? We want to take breaks and get different UV benefits as we go throughout the day because they're all going to support a different process in the body. Try not to shower right after the sun, right? You want to let this, the skin sit a little bit and, and help some of that um, vitamin D, those sulfides just kind of reside on the skin. Um, obviously, we don't want to overdo it. The things that really make us burn, those are going to be seed oils. Those are going to be things that oxidize on the surface of our skin. So think about toxins in our skin products. Think about really inflammatory food additives, especially seed oils. Um, think about incorporating more antioxidant foods, more fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. Those are going to be so beneficial. Um, limit blue light, like we said, and LED light after sunset. We do only incandescent bulbs in our home because we can see how, you know, just waking up at night, if you turn on one of those LED lights, you're going to have a lot of trouble going back to sleep. So really honing in on something as simple as just bulbs that are going to support your circadian rhythm can be extremely powerful. Um, and think of it as, like I said, connecting with your body's natural sleep-wake cycle to balance out things like cortisol rhythms, 
that's really what's important because cortisol is that sleep-wake cycle. And so we want it to naturally get higher as the sun starts to peak at, at noon, right? And then slowly drop off from there so that we can get a state of good restful sleep at night. That is how the body finds that rhythm. So the more, if you're, that is your like biggest issue is your sleep cycle, get more sunlight. Even if it's cold, it's still going to help you find that balance and that rhythm. Okay. So I know I've thrown out structured water a few times today, and it's important to know that light and water interplay with each other and our bodies are mostly water, right? So the type of water, the toxicity level of the water and the structure of the water is so important. So when we're talking about structured water, it's think about it as the fourth phase of water. So we, we talk about water in its gaseous state, in its liquid state, in its frozen state. Well, structured water is kind of another one that's been discovered, right? And it lines our hydrophilic surfaces of our body, which is literally all of our cell membranes, our collagen and in fa- our fascia tissue. And water is the medium in which all things are flowing in and out of the body, right? In and out of the cells, our nutrients, our toxins. It's constantly communicating throughout our whole body. And also, right, we talked about light and water trapping energy potential. Well, water is the conduit, right? So we want to make sure that we are considering what is happening, not just with the water that we drink, but what's happening with our internal water. So water is structured by vibration. So think music, sound, and words. Um, Dr. Emoto did a, spent like 40 plus years of his life studying the structure of water and how it changes with the music that we listen to, our intentions and our words, how they structure our water differently. Um, things like lighting, all of those things. So it's important to make sure that we are thinking about the toxicity level, like I said, the intention behind our water, and also the sounds and vibrations that we expose our body to. So things that also structure our water is the UV rays by the sun, right? So we talked about sunlight, especially that red light therapy, and also that infrared energy. So if you can't get sunshine, you are in those winter months, make sure that you're doing something to help. Uh, You'll never replace the sun, but you can definitely benefit from some of the red light therapy and the infrared heat to structure your internal water. So that's going to be super important. Think about movement, creating our own infrared energy by movement of our bodies is important. And then also vortexing. So think about water in its most natural state is going to be moving. It's going to be in a stream. It's going to be in a waterfall. Think about that. So it's going to be aerated. It's going to be a completely different consistency than the water that's just dead in pipes or dead from a reverse osmosis system, that sort of thing. So water absorbs and traps and traps information of light and vibration, and it turns it into biological processes like things like protein folding and that intracellular communication and energy potential that we keep talking about, right? Like we have to have energy to heal. And so it's really important to get to the foundation of what is stealing your energy potential and what can you do to naturally boost it. So these are ways that we can boost that healing potential on an energetic level. So structured water is the most bioavailable state of water and most the water that is not found in nature is dead. So we talked about reverse osmosis. It's loaded with toxins and it just lacks that natural flow of life, right? So think about pipes versus that flowing water. 
Um, that's what helps us structure that water shape to really create that energy potential on all of our hydrophilic surfaces, which we know are on all of our cell membranes throughout our whole body system. And trust me when I say I know that water is one of those topics that gets so overcomplicated, right? Because there's so many different filters and, oh, let's do this alkaline water and, you know, this and that. And it, what we really need to be putting our energy, <laughs> for lack of a better term, into how we structure the water that's already inside of our body. Like how can we increase that energy potential and that communication by the water we already have. So that's going to be really important. And so much, so many of us, and I can see that even with a lot of clients, like we've been told to drink a gallon of water, we're chugging water all day and we're drinking it. But if it's not bioavailable, it doesn't not backed with minerals or structured properly, you're not going to have the healing benefits of it and the energy potential of it. And it could, if you don't have energy, um, if you don't have the mineral backing of that water, it could be even more dehydrating. So you want to make sure you're backing it up with minerals um, and you want to make sure that it's actually living water. Spring water is going to be the best. Um, or And if that's not available, I would much rather it be just filtered or even distilled and then you're structuring it with minerals and maybe light, whatever you can do. Um, reverse osmosis is my least favorite. It's literally dead water. Um, so you, you'll have more life potential, more communication potential if you're filtering your water and it has some structure to it, um, initially. So just think about it in that way. Um, so like I said, filtered, spraying, distilled, those are going to be the top three and then adding some mineralization into that. But also thinking about the food that we eat it contains structured water, water in its most perfect form and water containing fruits and vegetables is going to be better than any of the toxic water that we are exposed to in our society. So thinking about, okay, if you don't, you're confused with the whole water situation, bare minimum, like I said, by spring or distilled and eat more structured water or get more sunlight to structure your internal water, right? Or do the sauna that use that infrared heat um, or movement to structure the water inside your body. It doesn't have to be that complicated. Um, and think about the vibrations that your water supply is around. And so this is one of those more abstract things, but we know that those vibrations are the energy potential in our body and our water especially holds memory to those vibrations. So thinking about the sounds and the words that we use, the music that we listen to, all of those will cause either coherence or incoherence in our body system. So um, it's not necessarily like, oh, I need clean water. I need a whole health you know, system. That's not the answer. It really comes down to our connection with our water supply, our structured water, like what is happening with our internal water. Are we actually eating enough of this structured water? And then adding in that mineralization, that truly is the key to being properly hydrated and getting those healing benefits of water. And water and light are like BFF. So think about getting good amounts of hydration, but also getting good amounts of sunlight so that those two can interplay with each other and really create that energy potential and that structured water lining that's going to line all of our surfaces and help with that energy communication and energy potential throughout our whole body. Okay, going deeper into some of this energy talk, right? And we're going into the whole component of earthing and grounding and what that actually does to our body. So think of in, in simplistic terms, 
humans have a net positive charge. And when we have too much of a positive charge, that leads to a lot of dis-ease and inflammation in the body. So we get these buildups, right? Whether it's from our food or stress, um, overactive systems happening, you know, our nervous system, all those things, those, those create this very acidic state in our body and leads to disease dysfunction. And the earth holds a pretty much negative charge. And so when we expose our bodies to the earth's surface, we are able to discharge that built up energy into the ground and in return, soak up the negative ions, which give energy potential on that mitochondrial level. They support removal of free radicals, which are going to cause and create inflammation and things like DNA mutation, things like that. It's going to regulate our nervous system. And let's just talk about our nervous system for just a second, because we talk so much about nervous system regulation and hypervigilance and being stuck in trauma and all those things. And what really is missing is this, we need the safety in our bodies and our minds. And so what is more of a feeling of safety than connecting to a spot on the earth, right? Listening to the sounds of nature, soaking in the sun and getting the benefits of the sun. We now know about what that does, right? And just letting the body and the nervous system regulate. And that's often the missing link in a world that is so consumed with this disconnect from all of these things, right? That modern life perpetuates this disconnect, keeping us inside, disconnected from the sun, bombarded by blue and LED lights, right? And we're disconnected from our bodies and hormonal natural rhythms from food, water, community, all of those things. And really this, I mean, this has really been magnified too since the pandemic because we were encouraged even more um, to create this disconnect. Like so many more people started working from home. So many people gave up so many things that they were doing as far as connecting with other people. It's very easy to do. I'm, I'm very introverted. I totally understand how easy it is to just be able to cancel plans, right? That's kind of like, kind of like an introvert's knee-jerk reaction anyway. But all of these things are so important, right? All of these are just more connections that we need. We need to connect with all of these. And so with the um, work from home, order DoorDash, stay inside, all of those things, they have created an epidemic of even more disconnection and stagnation. So it's really important to know where we're at right now so that we can be better. So let's talk about some benefits of grounding and earthing. So We already talked about how those positive ions can lower inflammation in the body, improve blood pressure, improve things like fatigue and pain. They help stabilize our mood because of what it's doing with our nervous system. It's supporting blood flow, right? Because we're we're decreasing inflammation. We have more capacity for proper circulation in the body. It's going to impact and improve our sleep. It's going to help with things like anxiety, depression. It's it's even going to help with our microbiome. And guys, it's so important because we talk about all of these things that we talked about are water, the sunshine, um, all of those things have antimicrobial effects, antifungal effects to us. And so when you have this chronic gut condition and you're not considering your connection to all these things, that is often the missing link, right? Um, so think about inflammation being too much of a positive charge. So we have reduced energy potential. So we need energy for that functioning, but even more of it to get to that place of homeostasis, depending on how depleted we are. So to equalize our charge using electrons from the earth, that energy potential, we are essentially, once again, recharging just like we do from the sun, right? We are charging our batteries. We are lowering inflammation, and then from that, we're freeing up this energy potential so that we can get our body in this healing state. 
So it's just, like I said, inflammation across the board, right? All of our chronic conditions are associated with inflammation. And so what can we naturally do to lower inflammation if we're doing all the things as far as diet goes and that sort of thing? Um, so as you can see, it's so much more than just drinking alkaline water, right? Like if that acid base balance isn't, um, properly adjusted just by your connection with the earth and even our breath, which we're going to talk about here soon, that's another amazing way to help with that acid base balance and bring our body to that place of homeostasis. So how do we improve this? Obviously, right? We get outside, we get barefoot. And, and how, how often do we need to do this? Well, I mean, it would be great if we combined it, right? We combine it with when we're getting sunshine. We're, let's just say we're trying to help our circadian rhythm. So we're getting sunshine and we're going barefoot right at sunrise, right at sunset. That just those couple things can help you so much quicker and help you find balance with things like your cortisol and your hormones and your melatonin, your serotonin than any other supplement could ever help. So it's important to make sure that you're tuning into those, um, connecting with the earth. Now there are things like grounding mats and the PEMF mats. Yes, there are. Is it going to be the same effect as putting your feet on the earth? No, it's not. But like I said, a few minutes a day is enough. Um, combine it with other modalities so that you can really get more bang for your buck for sure. And I want you to think about the analogy of like, why do we feel better when we're on a beach vacation, right? And we are barefoot most of the time, right? We're connecting with the negative ions of the beach and we're outside, we're in the sunshine, we're soaking in that infrared heat. This is not a coincidence that we feel so much better when we are on vacation. And a lot of it is just because of all of the nature that we are soaking up, literally, um, and it just puts us in this better state. And so our sleep is probably so much better. Our inflammation, our pain, all these things get so much better on vacation. But what if we made a daily habit of these things and, and really took those pieces that we get from like a trip away or a holiday and incorporate that into our daily lives to get the max benefit and the max healing potential from it. So, all right, I told you we talk about the breath. Let's talk about it in, in regards of the acid-based balance, Right. Because most of us, and I have been the last few minutes, I'm sure, right? Because I'm talking so much, I'm breathing really shallow. Most of us are breathing really shallow throughout the day. We don't even realize it. Especially when 70 plus percent of us are stuck in survival mode, right? We're stuck with those survival hormones that and mechanisms that are running. Of course, our, um, our respiration is going to be one of those systems that's immediately going to be hyper- and we are going to breathe more shallow for sure. And then think about mold toxicity. That's another thing that's going to naturally make us breathe more shallow. So um, when you are breathing properly, you are going to be regulating your nervous system, relaxing the body, reducing blood pressure, take yourself out of that fight or flight and give you the oxygen. Remember we talked about oxygen as a cofactor for our mitochondria. So our energy potential for our cellular function. Also think of the lungs as part of our detoxification. It's going to release toxins, stress, and even emotions. A lot of times uh, grief and sorrow are tied with what's happening with our lungs. And the more we can focus on our breath, the more we can release some of that emotional um, component of things. So it's going to affect our mood, right? Our anti-inflammatory effects of, of getting the breath in tune. Um, we're going to have more time in deep sleep and even REM sleep. 
we're going to get a reduction of our trauma, right? Because we're going to release it. There's so much, um, so much science around things like somatic breath work. A lot of my patients do that too. If they have history of trauma, it's so empowering. Um, it's going to benefit your immune system. A lot of that's because, like I said, lungs are part of that detox pathway. And if you can move toxins out through the lungs, then that's going to free up energy for your immune system to have, um, you're going to release more stress hormones, right? It's going to lower cortisol, which is going to lower that chronic fight or flight, right? You're going to improve your blood flow and your blood pressure, improve your digestion. It's going to help your body get into that parasympathetic state. And then all these people, um, you know, who come to me for weight loss resistance, right? Think about when we are burning fat, we're trying to burn fat. Most of it is through our breath. So if we're not breathing properly, that's a huge component that needs to be considered if weight loss resistance is an issue. So think about diaphragmatic breathing. So controlled breathing, intentional, right? Gives us so many positive systemic benefits. And breathing through our nose specifically is going to be another filtration system. It's going to help us activate nitrous oxide, keep us from hyperventilation. It's easier to control and regulate. So making sure that nasal breathing is the way to go. And you can talk to a myofunctional specialist or your practitioner if you are a mouth breather at night. Um, Sometimes mouth taping can be considered and things like that. So that can be really, really important, especially if you have high blood pressure, circulation issues, things like that um, can be really important to help correct that. Make sure you're breathing properly. So a few ways to introduce some easy, gentle breath work into your day-to-day is by doing a couple different patterns of breathing. So I'll start with box breathing. This one is actually one of my favorites. And when I struggled with debilitating anxiety, this was one way that I could start to slow down from going from zero to like a thousand. Um, And this essentially is breathing in counts of four. So you're inhaling for four, holding for four, and then you exhale for four and then hold at the bottom. And so you repeat this as many as it takes. Usually, I mean, if you could do about 10, that's usually a pretty good place. Um, Some people need longer depending on how hypervigilant your nervous system is. But box breathing is really great. It's a technique that was even taught to like Navy SEALs for emergency situations and things like that. So, And then think about four, seven, eight. So inhaling for four, holding for seven making sure your exhale is longer than your inhale that immediately can help calm the nervous system and then there's certain pranayams in yoga for toxin release and energy and things like that those can be more advanced i would just start with these two easy gentle ones um, and just make it part of your routine right whether it's in the morning or at night um, all of those things, just making it a daily practice can help you control your internal inflammation, right? Help balance out some of that acidity, combine it with other things. Like, like I said, your morning routine, maybe you do sauna, maybe you meditate and then want to do some breath work after to really start your body in a good place and, and really establish the baseline for your breath for the rest of the day, or even grounding. You can do a lot of these at the same time because I know time is often an issue for a lot of people, but we really can't afford to not connect to some of these, right? Um, morning is great. Like I said, you're just kind of creating that baseline, um, but just think you're supporting your mitochondria, 
your toxin release, your circulation, your weight loss, if that's one of your goals, all of those things. So be intentional. One thing that I like to do is notice like just random points in the day. And we, I don't know if we still have that reminder on our Apple watch. I don't wear one anymore, but there used to be one that popped up and told you when to breathe. But I like to notice like right after, like right in between meetings or, you know, after I get done answering emails or whatever, I like to notice where, where not just my breath is, but like where my muscle tension is and just notice and just like, where can I release? You know, can I afford to take a deep breath now? Yes. I can't afford not to. Right. Can I release my shoulders? Like what can I let go of? And sometimes just being intentional and noticing those things can be really helpful. Um, and it's really important to take a moment to correct and regulate the breath before pushing through. So that's something that's really, really often we're like, oh, we don't have time to do this. But like I said, you're going to think so much more clearly and you're going to be so much more productive with the work you're doing if you just take a moment and bring yourself back to your breath. So that can be really, um, really important. And just a little fact about the weight loss thing eight out of 10 of our pounds of fat. Like, so if we lost 10 pounds of fat, eight of it was converted to CO2 and expelled by the lungs. So if you think that that may not be a missing piece, it actually probably is. So, all right. I want to just take a few more minutes. I know this episode is going to run a little bit longer, but I just think it's important to put it all in one, but let's talk about the body's natural rhythms. So I mentioned in the beginning, most of our society is based on this 24 hour male hormonal rhythm. And this disconnect from our hormonal rhythms can create a situation of imbalance, which we see with our circadian rhythm, right? Our body's sleep-wake cycle, our cortisol hormonal rhythm. Men, um, men's, let's talk about men's rhythm really quick. So their testosterone is highest in the morning and cortisol, highest in the morning, and then slowly declines throughout the rest of the day. So they are actually super productive in the beginning of the day, and then it kind of tapers off as the day goes. Um, Women have four phases when we're when we're cycling. And so we have a menstrual, follicular, ovulatory, and then a luteal phase. So we have different performance capacity at all of those points in our cycle. And we're not going to be good at the same things all month long. So it's really important to know. And even if you're not cycling anymore, you, you still have different flows and we still have a a rhythm that is influenced by what's happening with the moon and its cycles that's going to impact women hormones so our days uh, if you are cycling let's just talk about days one through 14 this is when we are going to be really good at decision making right energy um all of those things so i try to plan my biggest productions around this time or hopefully even trips right because you're feeling great energy's high Um, you're not as sensitive to cortisol. You can really push a little bit higher. You can have better workouts, all of that stuff. Um, right around ovulation to that post ovulation, you're going to have an increase in testosterone. So this is a time where we're a little bit more social, we're stronger. So if you're trying to get some personal best with your workouts and training and things like that, that's going to be the best time. And then your luteal phase is really a call to slow down and nourish, right? It's, it's, it's where we're trying to start to build progesterone and blood sugar is going to naturally be higher. We have more cravings. We really need more carbohydrates this time. We don't really want to make a bunch of big decisions, right? We don't want a bunch of big meetings. We really need to kind of like nourish and, and lower stress and lower cortisol at this point in our cycle. So it's really important to consider this hormonal rhythm when it comes to activity, rest, 
uh, the kind of nutrients, the meals that we're taking, our blood sugar, our stress resilience, so many things, right? Because it keeps us in, into that rhythm then working against it. And one of the biggest issues I see, and this was something that I never, it never felt right when I was personal training years ago was to keep a woman on the same macros all day, every day, because we have different needs throughout our cycle and we have different times where it's actually better if we do a little less carbs or a little more carbs, right? Like when we're trying to build progesterone and that sort of thing, we can definitely benefit from having more carbohydrates because we need blood sugar to be higher to make healthy levels of progesterone, which is also going to impact our thyroid. So learning our hormonal rhythms will give us so much more power to get more out of our what we're doing as far as productivity, but also help us tune into our own needs and learn when it's time for us to start slowing down in our life and nourishing and times when we can really ramp it up. So it's just really empowering if we know how these things work and work with them versus against them. Now let's talk about circadian rhythms. So this will be men, women across the board. This is, we talked about our cortisol and our melatonin rhythm, our sleep-wake cycle, right? It's influenced by the sun. We talked about really honing into that red light, sunrise and sunset to get the most out of that. So our cortisol is going to be the highest in the mid-morning. We're going to be the most productive. This is going to be the best time to have a good workout or work meetings or whatever it may be. Um, And it really, we start, we should wake up with a little bit of cortisol. Sometimes if people's blood sugar is dysregulated overnight, I see cortisol through the roof and that can be a call to really hone in on that aspect of things. Um, but it does get higher as the sun peaks during the day and then declines for us to get into a restful state. And it's important to know that when melatonin starts producing around those sunset hours, um, that we are becoming more insulin resistant at that time as well. So, the lowest cortisol is going to drop is around 9 30 10 p.m that's your ideal bedtime right there that is your window to get into the deepest most restful sleep and so cortisol is highly impacted by things like a lack of sunshine and unstable blood sugar so if you're skipping breakfast first thing in the morning you're going to make your cortisol even higher so when you're thinking about anxiety and fatigue and all of those chronic things that just won't go away really important that you're tuning in with your body's not just circadian rhythm, but also your blood sugar. What's happening overnight with it? What is your waking cortisol? You can look at that by a Dutch. You can see what's happening with your blood sugar overnight with the CGM. It's really important to make sure you're supporting your individual needs based on what that data is showing you. And the best thing we can do is sync with the sun to find balance with these natural steroid hormonal rhythms as well. So like I said, sunrise, sunset, especially if you're experiencing issues with fatigue, energy, adrenal issues, all of those things, sleep, make sure you aren't adding to the stress, right? With overfeeding, with caffeine, sugar, skipping breakfast, things like that, that could be competing and making cortisol even higher. Um, And what happens in the morning is reflective of what has happened overnight with blood sugar. So if you are feeling like right? I'm really waking with these high cortisol, these shakiness feelings, things like that. That often is a sign that your body, your body's dysregulated overnight. So get a CGM and see what's happening. So you know exactly what to support. And if you miss that 10 PM window, when cortisol is at its lowest, you, you're going to feel like you're getting that second wind, but really what it is is cortisol naturally rises overnight, um, to regulate our blood sugar. And you're going to think, oh yeah, well, 
I, I'm just a night owl. Well, not really. You're just be, you're awake when that that cortisol starts to increase, and um, you kind of missed your window at that point. So if your cortisol's high, a lot of times you just you really have to make sure you're not skipping breakfast, right? And you want to think about more carbohydrates as the sun is higher in the day, less as the sun starts to set, because we are going to be more insulin resistant as melatonin starts to increase. So it's really important to know that the food that you have at breakfast is going to impact you way differently if you have it later in the day. So making sure that we, you know, like not only are different points in the day, but even women, different points in our cycle, our food is going to impact us differently. So the more we can really tune into that and our individual needs, then the more we can get that bio-individual approach to healing. Um, But if we just learn to start slowing down at evening time, right? Decreasing devices, decreasing stress, less stressful talks, right? Let's save those for... Uh, certain days in our cycle that we can actually deal with this problem solving. Um, Use incandescent lights, right? Put blue light filters on. Um, Witnessing the sunset, being outside, eating dinner outside, even better. Connecting with sounds of nature, all of that. Journaling, reflecting. Um, Thinking about having your dinner be your smallest meal of the day. Then your body's not going to be so much worried about digesting and balancing blood sugar overnight. And it will actually be detoxing, repairing like it's supposed to. So I want to kind of recap and summarize all of these things a little bit better and also tell people how to support things in the winter months. And everything I talk about, of course, I'm going to link up in the show notes for you. Supporting through nature is going to be by far the very best. Um, If things like grounding, like you have so much snow and you, it's really hard to ground, there are grounding and earthing shoes that you can wear, right? They're going to be like the, the leather sole. They're, they're not going to be a rubber or synthetic sole that are going to um, affect that conduit of energy from the earth to your body. So those can be done. Um, you can use the sauna. That's why that's at the very top of my list. If you're buying a healing tool, what should you put your money into very first? And that, that would be a sauna because the infrared heat that you're going to get from that, the circulation, right? What it's going to do to your water, structure your water on all of your cell membrane surfaces, Um, supporting toxin release, right? All of those things, lowering inflammation, that is going to be the number one thing that I would recommend putting your money into. Um, Second on top of that would be a PEMF mat. It's going to have the red light and the infrared energy in it. It is going to um, replicate the frequency of the earth. So the negative charge, the negative ions of the frequency of the earth. Like I said, it's not going to be the exact same, but could it be really great for someone who is snowed in over the winter? Absolutely. And I certainly use it, um, especially on rainy days here where we're not outside as much. We're not getting as much of that infrared heat from the sun. Um, It's going to help with that positive to negative charge, right? So when you think about a negative charge, that's energy potential. That's what the earth provides us. So if we have too much of a built up positive charge, which we get from toxin load, EMF exposure, all these things, then that can be such a great healing tool. So bringing in that PEMF mat, especially if you're around EMFs all day long or screens all day long, like bring in that red light that's going to help regulate your circadian rhythm It's going to help with healing. It's going to help with inflammation. It's going to structure your water. Once again, that red light will help with that. Even can help with seasonal affective disorder. So that can be really, really helpful. If you have no idea what your cortisol rhythm or your circadian rhythm is doing, run a Dutch. It's so powerful. It shows you exactly out of four points what needs support 
a good practitioner is going to know how this ties in with blood sugar and what's happening overnight. And um, if you are trying to fix a hormonal issue, you have to be able to know how to fix the cortisol and the insulin that's driving it. So that can be very powerful. Water, like I said, thinking about prioritizing that, right? Prioritizing your mineral content in your water um, and structuring the water inside your body. However you can do that, whether it's sunshine, um, the sauna, movement, all those things, they all matter. And like I said, eating structured water, those all can help. Um, you don't need these healing tools. And I will reiterate that. Are they really great to have? Yes, they really are. They, it's really amazing that we have these these things. And the PEMF mats and things like that, they are made from natural stones um, to help spread that infrared energy, which is really amazing. So um, you don't feel like you're completely disconnected using those and they can be very helpful. So, I mean, do I have one? Yes. Do we lay on it and does it help with our recovery and our inflammation and everything in between? Absolutely. Do we feel better on a rainy day if we're laying on the PEMF mat? Absolutely. (laughs) We're like fighting over it. So just make sure that you don't rely on those so much that you're still perpetuating that disconnect from nature. Does that make sense? Like we don't want to biohack this. We want to have the tools if and when we need them. But we don't want to say, oh, okay, well, we, we don't need sun. We, we have a red light. Or, you know, yeah, we don't, we don't need to worry about structuring our water because we did the PEMF mat today. It shouldn't be a replacement for it. It should be in addition to it. So just think of it in that way. And, um, and like I said, it's, it's really finding those tools that, that bring you the most benefit. And that's going to look a little differently for everybody. Um, and that's why I tell people, they're like, what should I buy? And I just tell them they need to find their deficits, right? And, and replace those with nature as much as possible. And then anything extra is just a bonus, So if I had to start at the hierarchy, it would definitely be the sauna. Um, And like I said, what you're doing day to day matters. The, what you expose yourself to as far as light, sound, vibration, all of those things matter. So really cleaning up your environment, right? Cleaning up the music that you listen to, the shows that you watch, all of those are impacting what's happening on a cellular level for us and really just establishing like a baseline for our nervous system. So that is not talked about often enough, but those are affecting how our cells communicate and interplay and exchange energy with each other. And it's really important to remember that piece of it. So just never underestimate the healing benefits of nature. Try to fit that in on your daily rhythm as much as possible. And what you may need is going to be based on what your biggest chronic symptoms are, right? If your biggest issue is your sleep-wake cycle, then you need more sunshine. So connecting more with the sun, taking your sunglasses off, especially sunset, sunrise hours, um, honing in on that piece, that's really going to help. So just kind of noticing, and I hope that you learn enough from the podcast on what may need support, right? Um, that you can know exactly what you need to kind of put your energy into to heal. So um, I hope this helped everybody. I hope it ties in this like we have such a disparity when it comes to 
we hear, oh, nature's healing, but it's important to know exactly how. How is that impacting our cell-to-cell communication and our energy potential? And what is draining my energy? How do I get more of that, right? And so when you think of things in that way, or as energy takers and energy givers, that really helps you connect more to that nature piece of things. So thank you guys so much for joining me today. I will be back on after the holidays and I look forward to some more fun topics. So have a great rest of your day. I will talk to you soon.